0: Yeah, good morning, everyone. I'm, uh, I'm actually excited for um, that EV trip as well that, uh, that Chris was just praying for us. Bronze Viva is, is an orphanage down in Mexico. And um, I know for myself, I was 16 years old when God kind of captured my heart in a unique way down in Mexico on a mission trip. And so I really do pray for our, our students to uh, have an amazing experience with the Lord. Well, my name is Dan Kelm. Uh, if, I, if you have not met me, uh, I am the site pastor for our Kiwascom location of Kettlebrook Church. And if you are welcome, or if you're visiting, I want to say welcome. Uh, we're glad that you're here. And uh, we've been walking through this journey of Lent together. And we've been doing it through a series that is called Life on the Vine. Uh, and the idea is uh, really that, that we get plugged into Jesus. And this morning we really come to the heart of it. Uh, what does it mean and what does it look like? like to, to live life on the vine, to be plugged in to Jesus Christ. And I love the imagery that Jesus uses, a vine and its branches. It's, uh, it's simple, it's poetic, it's memorable, but probably more than anything, it's very practical. Uh, and, and I love that. And I'm, I'm hoping that this morning we can all dig deep into Jesus' uh, practical, life-giving message and this is kind of funny, but it's hard to believe, but just several weeks ago, it was 70 degrees outside, right? Um, and I don't know about you guys, but I actually did like a couple of walk-arounds around my yard, kind of like inspecting things, and, uh, uh, and, and, and I do what I usually do when spring weather hits, I start to dream. And I start getting all these ideas, and uh, my mind w- starts wandering, and I start, I start thinking about landscaping and yard cleanup, and of course, I started thinking about gardening. Uh, for me, I love to garden, and uh, now, of course, over the last several weeks, those dreams have all been dashed. But <laughs> spring will officially come, and, and and when it does, I really am excited to do some gardening. Now, I don't have actually a formal garden. What I have is is sort of a pot garden. It's about like... 20 or so pots that are all clustered together, so uh, it's cool. <laughs> so you know, don't laugh at me because last year it actually, my, my pot garden sort of blew up and tomatoes that just went everywhere um, and I had people asking me what I did and I, I don't think I did anything that was particularly unique. Uh, I did what any gardener does. I tilled the soil, I uh, dug in deep, I pulled the weeds and I uh, pruned the suckers and, and so, it really, in all that, I mean, it, of course, it takes some work. And so, actually, I brought in some of the tools of the trade here, uh, my gardening tools, and these are primarily what I what I use to do my work with. And so, I've got this little this little hand hoe thing to you know kind of till up the soil because it gets it gets hard, right? And then I've got my little hand shovel, my little trowel to to kind of Dig in deep and dig in the seeds, or maybe a, pl- a plant that I started. And let's see here. I've got uh, this thing, whatever this thing is called, that I'll, you know, if there's any weeds, I can just kind of plunge in there and, and get them out. And then I've got my, my clippers, um, though, for, for pruning, but I really don't tend to use these too much. I end up kind of just pulling off little shoots and suckers by hand. And then, uh, of course, I've got my, my work gloves, my gardening gloves, because, you know, it all takes a little bit of work. And all of that work leads to uh, healthy plants that bear fruit. And yes, even though I refuse to believe it, tomatoes are a fruit. But Jesus uses this imagery uh, of gardening to help us understand what life is. Uh, in him looks like. Life on the vine. True life. Healthy life. Fruit-bearing life. And and I really do want to dig into that together this morning. And so if you have a Bible with you, I'd like you to open that up with me. Uh, And I'd like you to open to John chapter 15. And if you would like a Bible to use, Dave and Scott would love to bring you one. So just wave boldly at them and they'll bring one up to you. So John chapter 15. And if you grab one of the red Bibles... Um, That is on page 764. And for John 15, we're going to be looking at just verses 1 through 4. Verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes. So that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Well, let's take a moment to pray and ask the Lord to really kind of open up our hearts to what he's wanting us to hear. Father, we want to come before you this morning uh, in a way that our, our hearts and, and our lives are open to you to speak into. And we ask that you would prepare us and work within us so that uh, we can understand Jesus' words, that we can take them to heart, that we can uh, grasp what it is uh, that, that Jesus is wanting us to understand about who he is and who you are and the difference that that makes in our lives. And so we just ask that you'd open up the scripture to us as we um, dig into it. And so we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, there's two things that are, that are kind of going on up front in this passage that need to be seen. And the first is that Jesus doesn't just call himself the vine. He calls himself the true vine. And what's interesting there is, is this isn't the first time in Scripture that the image of the vine has been used. In fact, throughout the Old Testament, uh, the, God uses the image of the vine as a metaphor for Israel and his people. And He uses the image of the gardener or the vine dresser for himself. But uh, what we see in the book of Isaiah is that even though God, the vine dresser, tends his vine, Israel, they only produce sour grapes. They don't produce good fruit. And throughout the New Testament, uh, Jesus is presented to us as the true Israel, the one whom we truly connect to God. Uh, He is the true vine. And the branches, those that are connected to him, bear good fruit because of him. The second thing that we need to see up front is there's a cutting off Of those that don't bear fruit. Uh, God was willing to cut out of uh, Israel, from Israel, those who were fruitless, and especially those who rejected his son. And instead, he grafted in the Gentiles who believed in Jesus. And there's debate whether this language of cutting off uh, is just pointing back to the Jewish people, or if it's saying that there's going to be some, like Judas, uh, who were with Jesus, or who may claim to follow Jesus, uh, but will be cut off because they don't bear fruit because they never truly believed in him, never truly followed him. But either way, we're led to a single understanding of what those who follow Jesus are supposed to do. Bear fruit. Uh, and, and this is what I'd like us to focus on. Uh, basically, in uh, regard to bearing the fruit that Jesus is talking about and what he's going to be talking about later in chapter 15, I think it comes down to this one thing, that God works in us so that he can work through us. In fact, Steph, can you throw that on the screen? Uh, it's kind of our big idea for this morning. God, God works in us so that he can work through us. And that's the, really the main thing that I want us to understand this morning, that when we remain and abide in Jesus, God works in us. And the result of that is that he then works through us. We bear fruit. Our hearts are changed and our actions are changed. And I think from this passage, what we see is is three ways that we kind of remain and abide in Jesus. We remain in the word, we remain in the body, and we remain open to pruning and I'm purposely actually running these backwards than from what we saw them in the text because I, I want to continue this this gardening metaphor that we have, this gardening image. Of course, with gardening, it, it always starts with a seed, right? And then once your uh, seed has grown into a plant and it starts to grow flowers, those need be pollinated. And once that's happened, fruit begins to grow. But so do little shoots and suckers that need to be pruned. Uh, And so in this teaching of remaining in him, Jesus talks about the word. He talks to the disciples in plural, and he talks about pruning. And so we remain in Jesus when we remain in the word. So if you can go to the next one, Steph, when we remain in the word, when we remain in the body, and when we remain open to pruning. And what happens in this process when we remain in Jesus is that God works in us so that he can then work through us. So it starts with a seed. Uh, Jesus often refers to the gospel as a seed. It's a seed that's planted within us. and, And we understand the gospel, the good news to be the person and work and words of Jesus. So we remain in Jesus when we remain in the Word. So Steph, can you flip that next one? So Jesus told the disciples in verse three that they were already clean because of the word he had spoken to them. So Jesus' words bring life. Believing in in Jesus' words makes us clean, purifies our hearts, prepares us for fruit, and changes us from within. More than that, John even starts his gospel by calling Jesus himself the word The Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus. Jesus is is the one whom all of Scripture points to. Scripture, God's Word, brings life, it's a light. In the darkness, it's a lamp unto our feet, it cuts to the heart, it's living and active, it teaches and rebukes and trains, and it leads us to Jesus. And the best part is, in Scripture, we have the very words and teachings of Jesus. Have you guys ever uh, read so much uh, about someone that that maybe you feel like you know them? Um, but then you've had this, like maybe the similar experience where you've actually got, like saw them on TV or maybe even got to meet them in person. And you're like, whoa, that's not at all what I thought they'd be like. I've I've had that actually on a, on a few occasions. Uh, and all right, uh, don't laugh at this, but um, before back before I met my wife Cherise, uh, I met a girl in a Christian chat room online. I know. Um, now, to be fair, I wasn't there looking for a girl, uh, but we happened to just kind of start a conversation about a uh, missions training school that I was a part of, and we just kept talking and talking. And uh, it turned out she was from Denmark, and so we never really talked on the phone. We just always sent emails back and forth, and we did this for years. And and after all this back and forth writing, we were kind of like, huh, is is there something there? Like we weren't quite sure. Uh, and, and so I decided to fly out to Denmark to find out. And uh, it was a bit weird at first. It was kind of like meeting somebody for the first time that you knew better than anybody else. So a little weird. And it took a few days, but we kind of worked it out that actually, no, there there really wasn't anything there. We were amazing friends But what ended up happening is we were kind of reading between the lines of the emails and making the other person out to be more of a a character that we wanted them to be rather than knowing the true person. Well, just before our passage in John 14, uh, Jesus says this here. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. We remain and abide in Jesus when we spend time in the Word of God and the words of Jesus. And and, and what happens there is the Spirit then makes it alive in us and to us. And they're not like the dead words written in a book or an email. They are living words that bring us to the living Jesus and to the heart of the Father. They're a seed that's planted in our heart that grows by the Spirit. And we're cleaned and prepared for fruit when we abide and remain with Jesus by remaining in the Word. We also remain in Jesus when we remain plugged in to the body of Christ. Every time you see the word you in this passage, it's plural. Remain in me and I'll remain in you guys. And there's always this this plurality in following Jesus. He gave us the church so that we can discover him together. We're given different gifts to be useful to one another and useful in building God's kingdom. So one of the other plants that I grow are pumpkins. And um, last year, my pumpkin plants were enormous, but I actually didn't have that many pumpkins. Uh, the, the plants had were spread out all over, and they had just tons of, of beautiful flowers that grew, but they never turned into fruit. Well, Vegetables. The problem was that they weren't being pollinated. They needed to intermingle. Jesus is speaking in plural. Uh, He almost always does. Uh, While we certainly can know and find Jesus on our own, there's an intention and even a teaching toward doing it together. This is what the author of Hebrews says. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. So we're able to remain in Jesus better when we remain in the body of Christ. And last, we remain in Jesus when we remain open to pruning. And this one's huge. Verse 2 says that every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be more fruitful. Every branch that does bear fruit. Probably my greatest uh, trick in, in gardening is is ripping off the suckers. So if you know what the suckers are, I've got a, a picture here. Steph, can you flip ahead? There we go. So, so you've got the main plant there and right in between you got a little sucker. Can you go to the next one too, Steph? So here we go, you've got a little sucker up on the top and then you've got a big sucker down there. (laughs) (laughs) The suckers are sideways energy. The plant literally spends energy in creating offshoots, which steal energy from bearing fruit. And I didn't want tomato plants. I wanted tomatoes. And as the gardener, sometimes I needed to step in and redirect the plant's energy, redirect its focus. So instead of spreading itself out far and wide, it was best situated for its purpose to bear fruit. But Jesus isn't talking about plants, is he? He's talking about us. And God works in us so that he can work through us. He wants us to bear fruit. That's what disciples do. That's our purpose. And there's a submission process that needs to happen in pruning. I've recently uh, come to appreciate uh, Pastor Jeff Vanderstelt's definition of discipleship, uh, and this, this is how he puts it. Discipleship is leading others to increasingly submit all of life to the empowering presence and lordship of Jesus Christ. It's easy to call Jesus Savior, but it's difficult to call him Lord. Calling him Lord means that we are yielding ourselves and submitting ourselves over to him and his wisdom in the pruning process, the pruning process of our lives. We're choosing to open our lives to Jesus to allow God to snip away all those things that will either be sideways energy or even those things that bring death so that we can bear fruit. If this sounds difficult and and sounds like it might be painful... You're right. Uh, and yet this is Jesus' promise to us all who are bearing fruit. It's not a punishment. It's a refinement. It's a cleansing to bear more fruit. And look here what the Apostle Peter says. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. Rejoice that you participate in the, in the sufferings of, of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. The pruning process is part of knowing Jesus, abiding and remaining with Jesus. It's a part of what it takes to call him Lord. Remaining in Jesus means that we remain open to pruning. We've been created for fruit, created to bring God glory. That's our purpose. And we can't do it apart from the vine, apart from Jesus. By a ma- remaining and abiding in Jesus, God works in us so that he can work through us, so we can bear fruit. And this sounds great, but it is never easy. There's, there's, uh, there's some pain in the process. When I, when I uh, till up the hardened soil, it, uh, it rips it up. You know when I when I dig in for the weeds, there's some tearing. When I when I prune off, when I prune off the suckers, there's uh, there's a little wound that happens. Uh, it, it's a much smaller wound when I catch the sucker right away, uh, but it's a bigger wound when the sucker is left for a while. But it's all necessary for growth and for bearing fruit. And all this takes work. But remember, you're not the gardener. You're not even the plant. You're the branch. It's God who works in us and through us. and This happens when we remain and abide in Jesus. This is what a life on the vine looks like. We remain in Jesus to bear fruit, the very thing that we're called to do as followers of Christ. And we remain in him through remaining in the word, remaining in the body, and remaining open to pruning. Jesus promises that by abiding and remaining in him, we will bear fruit. And it will be God that does it in us because there's no other way for it to happen. God works in us so that he can work through us. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for uh, simple things that help us remember, uh, understand what you do, how you work, what you want to do in us and what you want to do through us. And Father, I know in this, this passage of scripture and just this whole section of scripture, of Jesus' teaching. Um, there's so much to understand. Um, and we know that we need your, your spirit in us to, to help us even understand that seed of the gospel, that for it to be planted and watered to grow. And we also know that you're the one that's responsible for bearing that fruit in us as we remain in Jesus. And so, Father, I really pray that you would help each of us individually, myself, all of us, examine our lives, look at those places, pause for a moment, and ask ourselves, where do we need to remain and abide in Jesus? And Father, we thank you for your scripture, we thank you for your word, and we ask that you would continue to speak into our hearts. And pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.